By virtue of the 28-point spread in favor of the Hokies before kickoff, Old Dominion's 49-35 win over then-number-13 Virginia Tech is the biggest upset of the 2018 college football season. How did it happen? Which starters did the Hokies lose during and after the loss? And what does it all mean for their chances of contending in the ACC Coastal? It's September 25th. My name is Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. The most shocking result of Week 4 was Virginia Tech's loss to Old Dominion. Here to help us understand what happened here is Evan Watkins of VT Scoop. Evan, this was never a Virginia Tech team that seemed so solid that it would be immune to a shocking loss somewhere down the line. But 49 points and 632 yards allowed by a Bud Foster defense against a previously winless Conference USA team isn't something that I think anyone saw coming. How did this happen? Yeah, you know, looking at the schedule, I I, I think everybody saw that they might drop a game. Um, You know, I thought uh, Pitt was actually the game I had circled as, as kind of a trap game for them. But, you know, the game in Norfolk, it was kind of a little bit of a perfect storm. I mean, the game in East Car- or uh, in Blacksburg against East Carolina the, ga- the week before was canceled. That kind of changed the way things were done with practice. That kind of changed the schedule for everyone. Um, and honestly, I think that after last year's shutout of Old Dominion, a lot of, a lot of players – maybe in the back of their minds thought that this was going to be an easy game for them, especially with old dominion being Oh, and three. And you could tell, you know, after, uh, after Virginia tech got into it a little bit and uh, you know, they came out a little flat on both sides of the ball. They couldn't really move the ball that well. I mean, they, they scored an early touchdown, go up seven, nothing, but they couldn't sustain the lead. They couldn't sustain drives. Um, and, Old Dominion, uh, you know, they went with a hot hand at quarterback. They switched out their starter for their backup. Um, and I don't think that Virginia Tech had overly prepared for him. I think they had more prepared for the starter to play. He's more of a dual threat guy as opposed to Blake LaRusa, who is more of a pocket passer. And, you know, they, they, uh, Old Dominion hats off to him. They played a great game. Um, they had a really good game plan to really attack Virginia Tech's young secondary, um, a bunch of freshmen sophomores uh you know a couple true freshmen out there and and they were going against some you know fifth year seniors that are very experienced um you know a few years ago old dominion used to run that wide open spread they kind of went to a little bit more of a run game here recently in the last few years but you know they went real real air heavy on uh, on saturday night and really took advantage of the youth in, in virginia tech secondary and you know i think that was kind of a game where virginia tech uh, you know, they hyped up going back to the 757. That's where a lot of the recruits come from for Virginia Tech. You had a lot of guys returning home, playing in front of family, friends, maybe some people that hadn't seen them play live since high school. Um, you had some guys that were maybe a little too emotionally amped up for it. And then, you know, Justin Fuente kind of said it best. Uh, Virginia Tech got, got punched in the mouth a little early there, and, you know, they didn't respond. Um, going into the year, a lot of people thought it'd be Florida State that would do that, and and that didn't happen. And this was really kind of a, a just a test for them. And they didn't stand up, and they didn't they didn't uh, you know hold their ground when they got challenged. And Old Dominion, you know, Bobby Wilder's a good a good coach. I mean, they, I know they had an zero and three record, but they've been a team that has that has slowly been building. They're a very senior laden team, and I think that that experience really showed on Saturday night to pull 
one of the biggest upsets probably in college football. I know that entering this season, there were some concerns about that young secondary, and maybe they got papered over a little bit by that win against an FSU team that it turns out is really bad on offense. But Old Dominion had 495 yards passing in this game. And maybe if Alabama or West Virginia or Ohio State does that to you, you shrug your shoulders and say, well, what are you going to do? They have a potential Heisman winner at quarterback. But this was Old Dominion. And Bud Foster has been doing this a long, long time. If Old Dominion was able to do something in the passing game that the Hokies just could not stop, are there some deep-rooted personnel issues in the secondary that just might not be fixable. I think the big thing for Virginia Tech secondary moving forward is getting Divine Diablo back as soon as possible. Um, he missed the Old Dominion game starting free safety, and when he missed the game, it moved Khalil Ladler from their hybrid whip linebacker um, nickel position that moved him back to free safety and kind of uh, you know adjusted the entire secondary around to make up for that for Diablo being out. I think Diablo being in helps Virginia Tech a lot with that secondary because he's long, he's lean, he he can uh, he can move and cover, and I think that he will you know kind of uh, be a little bit more coverage for Virginia Tech on the back end, you know, but. The way Bud Foster plays, you know, he's going to put his uh, he's going to put his DBs on an island, uh, and, and he's going to expect them to play man coverage. And, and they didn't do that the other night. This kind of reminded me of an East Carolina game a few years ago. East Carolina had about the same approach, just to attack the corners, throw some jump balls, and you know, East Carolina ended up beating Virginia Tech with that same recipe a few years ago. I don't know that I would say it's not fixable i think that with diablo back that would that would change a lot of the dynamics in the secondary but i do think it's a concern and i think it's something that virginia tech really needs to focus on um, both now and for the future you know stockpiling those defensive backs and those corners virginia tech has been known for a long time to have very good defensive backs and very good secondary uh and right now there there's a lot of youth um, you know in a few years they might be very experienced and, and very good but you know right now they're still learning on the fly and and there's not a whole lot of depth or upperclassmen to really sit there and and kind of teach them the ways and teach them the ropes so you know i think it's going to be interesting to see how they develop there's going to be a lot of growth over the next few weeks um, and, you know, going into the next few years, that secondary could be very formidable. But right now, you know, it, it's it's going to be a lot of trial by fire for the Hokies. Starting quarterback Josh Jackson left the second half of the game and returned to the sideline in a boot. What did we learn about the status of his health on Monday? Um, he has a fracture in his left leg, and he's undergoing surgery tomorrow. Um, his timeline is indefinite, um, you know, Having going undergoing surgery for uh, for a fracture that's going to extend the timetable a little bit. I would personally be surprised if he's back uh, this year. You know, I, I don't know how the uh, how the injury will affect him long term. He's not a true dual threat in my opinion, so I'm not sure the whole running ability will, will change a whole lot. But he's going to be um, you know he's going to be sidelined for the majority, if not the entire year. Uh, you know, and they they came out today and named Ryan Willis his his uh, successor. Right now, he'll be the starter for Duke. Um, but Justin Fuente did not shut the door on Hendon Hooker, a former you know composite four star quarterback, uh, getting some reps 
uh, this week with maybe with the first team and and possibly having a role moving forward uh, against Duke and, and moving into ACC play. The hits did not stop coming for the Hokies there. Justin Fuente announced on Sunday that starting defensive lineman Trevon Hill was dismissed from the team. What do we know about the circumstances leading up to the decision to remove him from the roster? You know, they, they talked about that today a little bit in the uh, in the press conference. Um, you know, Virginia Tech put out a, a statement Sunday morning, caught a lot of people by surprise um, that he was being dismissed. Um, you know, the, the most that uh, Virginia Tech would say in their press conference today was that this was a culmination of things over the past few months or even years uh, with Trevon Hill and Virginia Tech. And, you know, it just I, I, something must have come to a head uh, after the game or, or on the way home. Um, but he, you know, he's a guy that is from Norfolk originally, um, went to high school in Virginia Beach, was very emotional during the game. Uh, you know, Old Dominion is in his backyard, essentially. Um, so he was very emotional, and, and, you know, maybe he got heated, maybe some things, uh, you know, happened before, after, or during the game. But, uh, you know, this was a culmination of, of some things, some events that have been going on. And, you know, Justin Fuente said they met as a staff and decided that it was best for the team to dismiss him at this point in time. Um, you know, I don't know what his future holds. I would assume a transfer. He's already redshirted, so the four-game thing shouldn't really uh, do too much there, you know, have an impact there. But I would assume he's going to, you know, redshirt or uh, transfer somewhere and finish out his career elsewhere. Obviously, the loss to Old Dominion doesn't impact Virginia Tech in the ACC standings, but when you take into account the performance in that game and the loss of players and key players along the way, where do you reset Virginia Tech's expectations for the balance of the 2018 season? You know, I still think that they kind of uh, control their destiny a little bit. They're 1-0 in the ACC you know, after being Florida State. This weekend will be a big test for them going and playing a, a very underrated Duke team, in my opinion. A lot of people aren't talking about Duke as much as they probably should be. Um, but Virginia Tech has a chance to to kind of right the ship a little bit and you know, rise to some adversity. There's not a lot of senior leadership on Virginia Tech's team. I think they only have seven scholarship seniors right now. Um, so that leadership has got to come from the coaching staff and has got to come from the youth. If they can springboard, you know, into uh, into beating Duke, this could end up being like a, a JMU situation a few years ago when Virginia Tech lost to JMU and then turned that around into a run where they won the ACC. Um, I, I'm not sure that it'll go that far, but being being a team that has as many freshmen and sophomores as they have, you know, just seeing if they can rise to the adversity, beat Duke, maybe turn that into a few more ACC wins, and if they go into the the, the Miami game, you know, with a few ACC wins under their belt, that could be the one game to really change their season. If, if they can beat Miami, they've got a shot you know, to win their side of the ACC and go to the ACC championship game despite losing to Old Dominion. So in the long run, you know, a lot hinges on how they can, how they can, uh, you know, bounce back this weekend with a, with a backup quarterback, you know, with Trevon Hill no longer there, uh, with some obvious holes on the defense. It's, it's going to be interesting to see if they can, if they can bounce back and, and what they can do moving forward. All right, Evan Watkins covers Virginia Tech for vtscoop.com. You can find him on Twitter at Evan G. Watkins 247. Thanks, Evan. 
Yep, no problem. The Morning Blitz is a daily podcast, so we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning with the biggest college football stories of the day wrapped up in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. You can subscribe to The Morning Blitz on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.